Okay, um, so thank you so much for inviting me to share. My name is, excuse me, my name is Kara, and I am a compulsive overeater and restrictor. Um, I like to start with just kind of the stats, getting the stats out of the way. Um, you know, I'll share the standard, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. So, you know, I've been in program just over 10 years now. I've released about 120 pounds, which I have been maintaining for a couple of years. And I am four years and nine months abstinent this time around. So uh, relapse is part of my story, which I will talk about. So yeah, so what it was like. Um, I grew up in a pretty unpredictable household. I'm an only child. I grew up in an alcoholic home. You know, my parents fought a lot. You know, there was there was a lot of um, good. There was a lot of bad. You know, I'm sure there was a lot kind of in the middle. I've come to terms with these things. But I think that I did not have the um, awareness that I was eating, you know, or started compulsively overeating because of these things. But I'm, I'm sure that that's what was going on for some of it. Um, I remember about age six, I think it might have been earlier than that, but starting to overeat, you know, I would get up at 6 a.m. before my parents are awake and make like three hot dogs in the microwave. I learned how to do that. Um, you know, my mom and I would eat a lot together. Um, they just, there was a joke that we never had anything that tasted good in the house you know, like AKA junk food and less company was visiting. So I was always like, yes, when somebody, you know, was coming to visit because we would finally have, you know, stereotypical junk food. Um, my mom was always dieting, you know, so I would do um, Jane Fonda workout tapes with her, sweat into the oldies with like Richard Simmons. And, you know, my parents maintained their weight by just not having junk food in the house. So there was no, there was never a, um, an example set of like, oh, we buy a bag or a box or of something snacky and then we eat it slowly over, you know, a week or two. It was like, you know, if we bought this box of pop, whatever, it was going to get um, polished off that day. So it was like that where that was the... Um, those were the examples I had. Um, I remember also as a pretty at a pretty young age, my body image was not great. Um, I was not a very overweight child, but I remember as young as like third grade, you know, being self-conscious of my body. I remember, um, you know, asking my mom why someone else's butt in class or, you know, in my class was smaller than mine and her just trying to explain that like people are built differently and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, and after I moved to California um, when I was 13, which is such a hard time to move, you know, it took me a while to make friends and I gained probably 25 pounds. And that was the first time I remember being really teased for my weight you know, I remember people saying, you know, this one kid, I can still remember his name, who <laughs> would say something like, you know, he couldn't see around me to the board and like all these things, you know, and um, my kind of obsession with my butt being big continued on at that time. You know, in eighth grade, I would walk around with my hands behind my back almost all the time. I would clasp my, clasp, I can't talk, sorry, my hands behind my back 
and in my brain somehow that uh, fielded, you know, or my butt from other people seeing it, you know, and really it, it just sort of draws attention to that area because most people don't walk around like that all the time. But um, that was what I did probably, I think, for like a year of my life. So I just, I've never had a great, I've always struggled with body image issues in addition to the over and under eating. Um, when I was 14 or 15, I went through a period of restrictive eating. Uh, there was a lot of stuff I, I did. You know, I don't want to spend too much on what it was like, but you know, I lived on Diet Coke and just one meal per day. I had my period that only came sporadically. Um, I was weighing myself multiple times per day. And the goal was to weigh the same after school as I did in the morning, uh, which is nearly impossible if you just even, you know, drink water during the day. Um, but sometimes I could do it, you know. And for a few years, I wore my mom's, like, girdle you know and it's not like shapewear which sounds so much sexier now you know but it was like I did not need this but I wore this you know this uh girdle under my clothes in California in the summer you know what I mean um all the time so I had a lot of eating rules um at some point I could no longer keep up the um the the restriction and I started to gain some weight and so I was a binge purge like vomit or bulimic for a few months um but i i was able to stop that um my eating in adulthood you know i ate too little or way too much it was always this back and forth thing you know i blew abused laxatives for many many years until probably two or three years before i came into program um i did a lot of the pay and way programs um you know when I look back on this, um, all this stuff, like in the what it was my what it was like section of this, you know, I heard a speaker say, you know, there's like the the first step. I'm powerless over food, and my life has become unmanageable. You know, and I heard a speaker say one time, I'm powerless over food, and my life has become unbearable. And I always share that because that really stuck with me because that's really what it was like for me. You know, when I am in the food or when I am obsessed with not eating the food, you know, either way, my life really sucks. You know, um, that had a ton of consequences of my compulsive over and under eating. You know, I, I, um, like I said, I'm a hundred pounder. I gained over a hundred pounds. I had plantar fasciitis. It hurt to walk, you know, and bare feet. I was on blood pressure medication at age 33, you know, really bad acid reflux, aches and pains, problems with circulation, uh, weak tooth enamel, probably from drinking so much diet soda. I'm not sure, but, you know, all my teeth, if I could show you in person or on Zoom, are fake. You know, I have um, veneers because they were so worn down. You know, I remember walking to the middle of the mall in my early 30s and being really winded, you know, and I remember wondering, you know, what am I going to be like 30 years from now, you know, if this is how I am at this time? But, you know, that didn't stop me. I just kept going. You know, I had some self-awareness, but um, I don't know. You know, I just kept, I couldn't stop on my own. Um, there were tons of emotional consequences as well. You know, my emotional growth was greatly stunted. I could not handle things without eating. Um, I had a lot less sexual and emotional emotional connectedness with my husband 
Um, I had one baby before I came into program. And while I kept him alive, you know, and generally cared for, I was unable to care for my baby really properly. Because And I did a lot of things because I just, I was, the whole, the goal every day was to get rid of the people around me um, so that I could, I could eat. You know, I've heard the menage a trois of like food myself in the TV, you know, it was just, how can I always get my husband to take, you know, my baby somewhere, our baby somewhere. And like, I just need to be alone. I need to get the fix. I need to have my fix. Um, you know, other things I did, I ate from the trash. Um, I had to like put, um, you know, all the things that I'm sure a lot of us have done, but put soap and other things just to make food taste gross. And then, you know, after I put it in the trash and then digging it, digging food back out of the trash and trying to be like, well, there's not that much of the soap on this thing, you know what I mean? And still eating something. Um, the whole, you know, repeatedly promising myself, I am never, ever, ever going to do this again. You know, God, please take this away from me. You know, and then the next day I'm on, you know, second and third breakfast by 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, and it's just completely demoralizing, you know, but I, I could not stop on my own. Um, I would point, eat to the point of being in pain. You know, I would just eat so much that my stomach would be so distended that I felt like all I could do was kind of roll over onto the couch and just kind of wait to feel decent again before I would move, you know, before I could move. Um, so, yeah, so that's a, my fun part of my story. No. Um, so what happened? You know, I came into program about 10 years ago um, after moving to Oregon um, I didn't have have any friends. You know, we moved up here and my husband was working and I had a one-year-old and I gained 60 to 70 pounds, you know, and I just, I didn't have one more trip to the one particular way and pay program that I did several times in me, you know, and I was just so desperate that I started attending OA and, you know, it's like, it really is like the last house on the block. I felt like I had tried all these other things. I tried therapy. I tried, you know, um, uh, group group therapy, all these, you know, all these different things. Um, uh, trainers, on and on. So, um, but when I got here, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, I just felt at home. And, and I, well, I identified I was angry. You know, I didn't want to be here um, for a while. And in my first abstinence, I did, was able to get abstinent a few months into joining OA, but it was not easy for me. You know, there was a lot of white knuckling going on in between meals and snacks. Uh, I would be incredibly irritable. And then this is just how, it, what it looked like for me. And then I would just sort of crack and like end up sobbing. You know, I was probably experiencing big emotions fully, you know, for the first time in my life. Um, I was terrified of being hungry and uncomfortable. You know, I mean, it, it it's completely um, irrational, but I really had the fear, like, I'm just going to die. I'm going to die before my next meal or snack. Um, and I just can't deal with feeling hungry. I can't deal with feeling hungry or I can't deal with feeling um, 
the feelings, you know, the feelings were so, so hard. And in the beginning, I did feel hungry in between meals and snacks because I had been eating all day long. And I was eating, you know, um, my first abstinence sort of looked like three large plates of food and a snack. And um, I don't know, you know, and I was getting, I just, my body wasn't used to that, but I was still getting enough food, but I was really afraid that I, you know, that I wasn't. Um, I would do things just to get from one meal to the next. Like I would sleep in between meals while my baby was sleeping sometimes just to get to the next one. Um, I got a sponsor pretty quickly in, in program. Um, I went through a few sponsors in the beginning, but I finally, you know, I found one that I worked with for the next few years and, um, I worked the steps with her for the first time. I've worked the steps in in OA probably five or six times, I think, at this point. Um, And she was the sponsor that really helped me get a connection with my higher power. And that is something that's very important to me today. You know, in my program, it continues to be incredibly important. Um, I really, and I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but I really believe if I'm in fit spiritual condition, that my food is going to follow, you know, and if I'm in conscious contact with my higher power, that um, the weight will come off or the weight will be maintained, you know, and stuff like that. Um, I have lost two sponsors in program, Um, both one, you know, one had been really sick and passed away and the other one just got sick with something that did some really gruesome things to her body and then she passed away and, you know, nobody really saw it coming. And um, after my first sponsor passed away, her name was Catherine. I did break my abstinence. I was okay for a few months. Sorry. Um, Somebody knocked on the door. Um, I was okay for a few months, but then um, I just, I don't know. I couldn't hold it together. And I lost, I, um, had lost a significant amount of weight in those three years of abstinence, but I put back on about 40 pounds and relapse. And that was just a really awful time. Like I could not knit together very much time at all. And so, um, so it was just like, I never left the rooms, but I would get like 30 days, 60 days. I'd go out again for the weekend. I, you know, and every time I would break my abstinence again, it became easier and easier to break my abstinence. And which was scary, you know, and at this point also, my husband knew what I was doing to myself and he knew what I looked or what, I mean, what our lives would look like when I was not in relapse. And so this really did cause some distance between my husband and I, um, and he objected to what I was doing. And this just made me want to like eat at him, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to talk about what it is was like now. I feel like I always spend way too much time talking about what it was like um, and less time on the solution and what it's been for me now. Um, so I am strongly working my OA and I picked up my OA program and I've picked up another relationship program along the way. Five-minute reminder. Thank you. Um, so I am a sponsor. I'm currently full, but, um, and I'm also sponsored, you know, the longest, um, I've gone without a sponsor is two weeks. And 
when I do not have a sponsor, I feel untethered. Like I, you know, I, like my foundation is missing kind of, I feel like being like being in the little, like, I don't have a, a better way to say it, but the sponsor sponsee sandwich, like kind of in, you know, being in between if you're sponsoring and being sponsored, I feel very safe in that uh, position. Um, I utilize therapy in the 12 steps to do a lot of work on myself. I do morning prayer and meditation and um, a daily 10th step most days. I send my food every day um, to my sponsor. Um, that has been a godsend for me as well. Um, you know, everything isn't perfect the way I wanted it to be. You know, the big book says, you know, we get a life beyond our wildest dreams, but I wanted it my way. You know, I wanted it, I wanted things my way and I have a life beyond my wildest dreams, but like, life still happens. You know, um, I have Lyme disease. I have chronic pain and fatigue. You know, but I don't eat over it. I lo I've lost sponsors and people that I love. Um, at this point, I don't eat over it. I've had marital issues. You know, I, I have a child who's becoming a teenager. I don't eat it over. You know, he's unpleasant, but I love him. You know, um, all of these things are such a miracle to me. Um, and let's see, just I'll briefly touch on in um, January of this year, I was in the ICU for 18 days and I was put under, you know, I, um, I had a feeding tube and all these things and I almost died with um, pneumonia and um, I, I dropped weight really quickly in the hospital and that brought up a lot of these anorexic tendencies that I experienced as a teenager. And so I have had to uh, beef up my program in that, you know, in that way. I now have an anorexia food sponsor as well as a step sponsor. Um, I work the steps around my body image. Um, I'm seeing an eating disorder therapist. All these things, you know, I don't want to do these. I didn't want to do all these things. But if I don't work, do this work on a daily basis, I could be thinner, but just as crazy as I went before. Excuse me, just as crazy as I was before. I don't want that for myself. I know how amazing life can be now. Um, and so this has been challenging to navigate my food with both anorexic and compulsive overeating tendencies. Um, but I just wanted to end also with some miracles that I have had in my program. Um, generally, I don't have cravings for food. I'm free from the obsession and compulsion for food most of the time. One thing I never, ever thought would happen. Uh, my life is so much bigger than it used to be. I have so much more support. I have lots of friends and people I can call, and that's not, some, that's not how it used to be. Um, I'm actually willing to help others <laughs> much more than I was before. I'm a sponsor. I give service. Um, I ask people how they are and I actually listen most of the time. I'm trying to stay present, you know. Um, I continue to explore my relationship with and my conception with of God, and that's a huge miracle for me. That's something I did not have the courage to do for a long time, um, to challenge the God of my childhood. Um, and I just, I'm so much more courageous. I'm able to say what I'm thinking in a kind way because I hate making amends. I don't want to have to make amends, but I'm not, I don't apologize for who I am most of the time anymore. And I would never have done this before. And it is terrifying to do, you know, but I would never have had the courage to live the way I am now if I was still in the food or with an active eating disorder. 
Um, I went to Belize with my husband for an anniversary trip that was like 10 years coming, you know, um, in, uh, in May. And, you know, we went cave tubing, like floating through this cave and I jumped off a big rock into the water and I didn't know it was in that water, but, you know, I did it and I was able to, um, do some hiking and climb and, and snorkel and all these things. And, you know, none of these, I wouldn't have had the courage to do these things, nor would I have been able to do them physically, I think, without OA, you know, and I just, I don't want to be afraid anymore. Uh, One day at a time, I continue to grow into a new person uh, through this program. And I truly believe whether I'm currently practicing anorexia or compulsive overeating, that either one could kill me. You know, and I don't know if I have another relapse in me, and I'm I'm unwilling to take that chance. So um, thank you so much for letting me share.